You glad you came to church today? Me too. Me too. Good morning. Welcome to North Star Church. North Star Church is a place where everybody is welcome. Nobody is perfect. Now say it with me. Anything is possible. Let's do it again. North Star is a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody is perfect. And anything is possible. We exist as a church to ultimately to bring glory to God and make disciples. We exist so that those that are far from God will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, as I get started, Natalie uh, did the welcome at this campus. Natalie was like three years old when we started North Star. And so um, God has, has blessed this family and it's Noah at the other campus. They have been at North Star for several years. And um, we're just glad to be a part of what God is doing in the lives of people right here in our church and in our, in our community. We welcome those that are joining us online. And at our Tupelo campus today, the campus pastor is bringing a message, the, the same service. But we're glad that you're here and we hope that you have a tremendous Father's Day and, and remember that this is the uh, shirt drive day for a new uh, t-shirt pocket maybe uh, polo style pullover it doesn't have to be a polo and or a button-up shirt if you forgot that or, or left it at home or whatever you can still bring it by the office and uh, we're going to be distributing these to some different ministries in our area to be a blessing to um, some men who need uh, a new shirt. Amen. I'm glad to be a part of a church that is the hands and feet of Christ in our community. Amen. Amen. All right. Get your amen going today on Father's Day. Uh, real quick, I want to say uh, next week, we'll begin a brand new series called A Life That Follows Jesus. If you were here when the service first started, uh, you, you saw the promo for that. But uh, I'm so excited about that series, A Life That Follows Jesus. This could be possibly the greatest or the most important, uh, most significant series that we've ever done at North Star, A Life That Follows Jesus. What does that look like? And the best way to, to find that out is to look in the Bible, of course, and look at the, the disciples because they were uh, following Jesus 24-7. They were going where he went. They were eating when he ate. The, the, it was a journey. And so we're going to uh, dig into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. I'm excited about that. And that's kicking off next week. Next week, a life that follows Jesus. All right. Now, when my, this is Father's Day, I'm going to uh, take a pastoral privilege, which I seldom do, but I am today. You know, when, when my first grandchild was born, yeah, I know some of you didn't realize that I was old enough to have grandchildren, but when I, thank you, um, when my first grandchild was born, uh, we were pumped. Now, all of them, we've been pumped. Okay, so don't get me wrong. They always say the first one, you know, you, okay, so I get that. 
But the following Sunday, I put her picture on the screen. Well, then the second one came along, I forgot. Third one came along, I forgot. Fourth one, can you believe it, came along and I, uh, I remembered, but then I thought, but I haven't. So uh, anyway, that's how I processed this. So I thought today, before I get into the Word, I thought I'd just show you my family, my grandkids. And uh, here they are. This is Emma. She's almost five. And her name is Emma Catherine Ekus. She's pretty like me. Amen. And, uh, and then this is uh, a godsend child that um, Amy and Robert adopted. His name is Isaiah Ford Ekus. And we're happy when he came along. He came home from the hospital like three days later. We, uh, he was added to our, our family. And then uh, my uh, youngest son uh, and his wife, his name is Aaron, and he married Aaron, pronounced the same, spelt different. And uh, along came little baby Esther Ray Ledbetter, and we're really proud of her. She's a beautiful little child, like her granddaddy. On, on this side of the family, for sure. And then came along uh, Andrew and Blaine's first child, and his name is Dansby Oates. Dansby Oates. I had a picture of him at the Mississippi State where the bulldog is, you know, on campus. I don't know where it's at, but I saw a picture of it. Some of you know very well, but uh, I, I like this picture better. And so, last, last one, here's the whole crowd right here. This is the, the Ledbetter clan. It's a rough-looking bunch. Don't ever run into them, you know. They'll hurt you. But uh, this is my family. I took the privilege on Father's Day, so thanks for humoring me. Humoring me. You know, people say, uh, have I ever showed you a picture of my grandchild? And they, they say, no, but you're probably fixing to, right? Or um, have I ever showed you a picture of my grandchild? No, and I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> All right, so anyway, enough with the, with the um, pictures and stuff. If you have your Bibles, please take them in turn to the book of Psalm. Psalm chapter 128. We're going to begin reading in just a moment with verse number one. Today we're going to be talking about what it, what it means um, to be a godly father. Now, if you're not a father, um, don't think that you're off the hook. Because this, these principles that I'm going to be teaching today apply to every follower of Christ, okay? These are biblical principles that we need to uh, apply in daily living. You know, you know dads... Uh, this day, you know, is, is called Father's Day, but really um, it's more about her than it is you. you. You realize that, right? I mean, hopefully you're going to get something nice or a card or a thank you or happy Father's Day. I've gotten those today. But they tell us that 74% of Americans celebrate Father's Day today while on Mother's Day, 86% celebrated Mother's Day. Um, also, when a mother 
is asked by dad and the kids, hey, what do you want for Mother's Day? Over, overwhelming majorities of the mothers would say, I just want for Mother's Day for, for my family to be together in church. For fathers, it's different. For fathers, what do you want for Father's Day? I just like to, I just like to chill in the backyard and grill out. While mothers are wanting their families to come to church, that's not necessarily what the father uh, desires. It may be for you, but on, on average. And so today I want to talk about how to, how to be a godly leader, how to be a godly influence in your family. So if you have your Bibles, look at that passage in Psalm 128. I'm going to read the entire chapter. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a, a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. And he closes by saying, peace be on Israel. So today, I just want for a few minutes to talk about what does it look like to be a godly father? What does it look like? To, if I could paint you a word picture today, what, what would, would it look like to say that you are a godly father? Well, if you're taking notes, this is the first one. A godly father is faithful. A godly father is faithful. And I would encourage you to write these down. And husbands, on Father's Day, this would be a good time to take some notes. And uh, don't get your wife to take them for you. You may get more than I'm given, right? So take, take these down. A godly father is faithful. Faithfulness is one of the chief characteristics of our God, of our Father, our Heavenly Father. He's faithful. Now, while we may not be consistent, He is always consistent. While we may be unfaithful and not faithful, God the Father is always faithful faithful. He has never lied. He is, he is never late. He is always caring. He is always compassionate. He is always there. He is a faithful God. Aren't you glad that we have a faithful God? I said, how many know that it's good to have a faithful God? We have a faithful God. He is always loving. He's always compassionate. He's always, listen, he's always understanding. He's always uh, helping. He's always encouraging. Now, so if you want to know how to be a godly person, and today on Father's Day, fathers, to be a godly father, you just need to be faithful. Verse 1 says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord and walk in his commandments. 
What does a faithful person look like? Well, according to the scripture in verse 1, a faithful father or faithful person is one that, number one, you see it in their fear for the Lord. Their fear for the Lord. Now, the word fear in the Bible and in the Old Testament specifically, the word fear is not the kind of the word fear that we try to process that, oh, he is God and he's liable to wipe us off the face of the earth like he did during the flood. No, that's not the, I mean, there's a healthy kind of fear. You teach a child, don't touch the stove, it's hot. That's healthy, it's a healthy kind of fear. Um, the, you, the thing with God, the Father, I'm not fearing him because I'm afraid of what he's going to do. The word literally means uh, to respect, to hold in awe. And so when I fear the Lord, I'm not fearful. He can, and he's God, and he can, he can discipline me. He can take me home. He can take you home. You know, if we're living in fear, he doesn't want us to live in fear. In fact, in the New Testament, it says, he hath not given us a spirit of fear. So when we fear the Lord, it is, it is specifically more uh, about respect. I respect God. He, he is the creator. He is the one who brings life and can bring death. But I fear him. I respect the Lord. The writer of Proverbs <coughs> said it this way. He said in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You hadn't even begun to have wisdom until you fear the Lord. The beginning, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So I fear God. I want to be a faithful follower of God, a follower of Christ. And what does that look like? Uh, I respect him. I, I put him at the center of my life. Uh, he is the first place, he says, for those that fear the Lord, it is just the beginning of wisdom. In other words, men, you will never be more wiser than when you fear the Lord. The wisest thing that you could ever do, listen to me, is fear the Lord, is respect Him, is honor Him. The manliest thing that you can do. It's not that you can, it's not uh, how you are at golf, it's not how, how many fish you can catch. The manliest thing that you can do is to follow Christ. The, the, the word fear in the Old Testament, uh, which means respect and awe, is the equivalent of us today putting our trust in Jesus Christ. It is us saying yes to God. Some of you who are listening today need to make that decision. It's the wisest decision. The wisest thing you can ever do is say yes to Jesus Christ. Some of you have been religious. You've been going through the motions. Uh, it's, it's like pulling teeth to get you to come to church. The wisest thing that you can do for the health of your family 
is to say yes to Jesus Christ. And if you have said yes to Jesus Christ, the greatest thing you could ever do in fearing the Lord is, is, uh, is daily putting your trust in him. The second one is in the second part of verse 1. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Look at verse 1 again. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord who walks in obedience to him. So it's one thing, it's one thing to say, yes, God, I respect you, I fear you, I honor you, I put my trust in you. But then it's another thing to do that on a daily basis. A man that follows God, a man who is faithful, is one who fears the Lord, but it is one who walks daily in obedience to the Lord. You see it in his obedient walk with the Lord. Now, I didn't say perfect walk. That's why we say at North Star, everybody's welcome. Nobody is perfect. If you think that you're perfect, uh, you just messed up. <laughs> there are no perfect people allowed in this place. And so I'm not perfect, but on Monday, I have to be obedient. On Tuesday, I need to walk in obedience. On Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday. I, it's Sunday we talk about uh, religion. I don't like to use the word religion. What I have is a relationship, and it, it is more than just about Sunday. Sometimes we have said through the years since we started North Star that uh, we live for the weekend, and we do. I mean, we're already looking at next weekend, and actually next month, and actually six months. But you know something? The Christian faith is more than Sunday living. The Christian faith is an obedient walk, step by step, day by day, uh, 24-7. And so a man that is a godly father is faithful. And you see it in how he stands in awe of God. You see it in the obedient walk that he has. It, it permeates. It, it come, it, it's, it's easy to tell that a man loves Jesus uh, by the way that he's walking. Now, uh, the question is, are you walking obediently with the Lord? Are you taking step-by-step -step, uh, action in your faith in steps of obedience? Now, this is what I know, and you may want to write this in your notes, and that is the fear of the Lord is your inward life, just like this morning. Let me finish reading it. Walking in his ways is your outward life. Just like this morning, I, I was driving in um, before the sun came up, and, and I was just worshiping on my way here, uh, listening to, to some songs that we're edifying and, and praising God. And, and I just said, God, it's all about you. It's not about me. And I, my, that's my inward commitment, my inward life. But guess what? It doesn't end there. There are outward manifestations. The fear of the Lord is your inward life. Walking in his ways is your outward life. Are you walking in his ways? Can your family, your friends, your coworkers tell that there's something different about you by the way that you talk, 
by the way that you walk. Every day, I I don't always succeed at this, but every day I want to love like Jesus, live like Jesus, and look like Jesus. I'm not good at that, but that's my aim, that's my goal. That's my vision for my own life is, is to honor Him, to fear Him, to walk in His ways. And then there's one more. In verse 2, he says uh, that you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. I like that part. But it comes after labor. Did you get that? Blessings and prosperity are yours, but that comes after labor. Some people say, oh, yes, but uh, work is... Because of the fall, work is because of the sins of Adam and Eve. No, the fact that you have to work and make a living by the sweat of your brow is because of the fall. But before before Adam and Eve ever sinned, they worked. Say, oh no, work, I'm having to work for a living. That's because of the sin that Adam and Eve, it's their fault. No, uh, seriously, you working so you can... uh, eat. In fact, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I don't know where it's at, but it's in there. It says if you don't work, you don't eat. That's fair enough, huh? Don't work, don't eat. Oh, but give me. Oh, no. Work. Oh, I know there's some, I know all of the stuff about disability, but the Bible says that work Work is a, is a good thing. Work is a, a good thing. And so as we're walking in obedience to the Lord, we'll eat the fruit of our labor, both labor in the marketplace, but labor spiritually uh, in the church, spiritually in the marketplace too, but serving the Lord and working for a living. You know, I don't know what it is about men and I'm talking to some today that man this is like this is going to hit you between your eyes men hate not all men hate to admit that they're lost they hate to ask for directions I'm not that way Uh, I'm really I'm not I will ask a dozen times if it will help me to get there quicker now I'm, I'm I am prideful and stubborn about other things, but not asking direction. Because I hate to waste time. I hate to waste time. Uh, I, like to, I like to get where I'm going. I like to get the job done and start another job. I hate to waste time. So if I'm lost, yeah, it's embarrassing sometimes, but I'm going to ask for directions. But what is it about some men, it's a pride thing, what is it about some men that are unwilling to ask for directions, or to admit that they're lost. The reality is, in the spiritual life, it's the same way. There are some men that are so prideful that they would never admit that they've lost their way. Some of you men that are listening today, you've lost your way. And you need to let down your pride and get back on track. Get back on track with the Lord. For some of you men, and not just men, uh, 
men and women, you've lost your way, or you're off track, you're lost, and you need to get back on track. That place uh, that is um, smooth, that way that is straight. You said, well, how do I, how do, I do that? You, you look at the road map or the GPS, and that is called the Bible. The way to get back on track, and listen, and the way to stay on track is by following God's roadmap. He has a word for us. He is faithful, remember? And he has given us what we need to help us get to where we need to be. You need to consult the book, the blueprint for living. So you see a godly father that is faithful, number one, in his fear for the Lord. You see a a godly uh, father who is faithful by his obedient walk. And third, you see it by his, his labor for the Lord. But then there's a second thing. Not only is a godly father faithful. I have a second one. A godly father, don't miss this one, gives attention to his family. A godly father gives attention to his family. Now, I was just talking, I was just talking about working. Men, and this could be for you two ladies, I have never, and I've been there many times, I have never seen anyone on their deathbed. Deathbed meaning they're about to die, right? I have never heard anyone speaking on their deathbed at the very end of their life saying, Pastor, I just wish, uh, I just wish I could have spent more time at the office. That's not, that's not what's on their mind. What's on their mind is the most important thing. And that was not their work life. Oh, I wish I could have gone to more parties. I wish I could have just gone fishing one more time. Look, when a person is at, at that point of their life, their relationship with their family is the most important. A godly father is faithful, to, but a godly father gives attention to his family. He, he says in verse 3, he starts with the wives. He says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. A fruitful vine. Now, men, if I am talking to just men for just a moment, men, if, if I could like come to your house, right, in the four walls of your house, you know the place that I'm talking about, the place where you go barefooted all the time, the place where you, you kick back in that old recliner your wife's been fussing at you about to get rid of for a long time, but it fits so well. That place where you've got the table and your power tool is sitting up there on the table. I'm, t- I'm talking about the remote. And you've got the Diet Coke over there. If I could just come into that place, but, but talk to your wife. 
and your kids. And ask them, what's it like living with this guy? What's it like living with him? Now, I can't answer that for you. But would you answer that? I, I can tell a lot about... Um, uh, I can tell a lot about you by looking into the eyes of your wife when she sees you walking into the room. Her reactions when you're together. You know, men, what she is today is a great, greatly because of who you are with her. Uh, I realize she's an achiever and she's um, smart and accomplishes a lot, but men, it's not like you did that for her, but the kind of person she is is partly because of who you are. How do you treat her? The psalmist said, if you're a man that fears the Lord, you'll have a relationship, a fruitful relationship with your wife. And then it says, the second part of that is, is um, about children. It says, your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Fathers, we, we used to think that, that the way to reach a family for Christ was through the children. And so for years, we poured all of our attention, this is over decades, but we poured all of our attention on reaching the kids because we said, if we could just reach the kids, then we'll reach the parents. No. It's not actually that way. You reach the fathers and you'll reach the family. You reach the father and you'll reach the family. So, Pastor, you just don't know my kids. Woo! Wow! My life changed. <laughs> yeah. When you brought them kids into the world, the way they are acting, the reason that they're acting the way that they're acting is because you brought them into the world. They were born centered. Well, you got that right. Well, they got it from you. <laughs> Seriously. The Bible says by one man, sin entered into the world. It's, it's, it's been passed on. We're born that way. Oh, okay, yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. You got some little sinners on your hands. Okay, it's one thing to understand what just came out of my mouth. And it's, and it's another thing to take the responsibility and do something about it. Did anybody get that? Yeah, you got little sinners, but don't leave them that way. I'll be in the store and there'll be people hollering and carrying on. I'm thinking... We're fixing to get robbed. It's just a, a kid talking to his mama or his mama screaming at his kid, at her kid or a dad. Oh, 
We're crying out loud. Yes, we're born sinners, but you have a responsibility as mom and dad to raise those children in the Lord. And then verse 5, may the Lord bless you from Zion. social center and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life may you live to see your children's children peace be on Israel a godly father is one who is faithful you see it in his fear for the Lord his obedient walk with the Lord his labor for the Lord he gives attention to his family to his to his wife to his children and what does that produce a godly father lives in God's purpose for his life is waking up saying God you're God I'm not I want to live in your purpose for my life today I want to give everything that I've got to living and fulfilling the purpose that you have for me. A godly father lives in God's purpose. So, when you get up on Monday, it's not your work week. You're going to work, but you're still a spiritual individual. Like I've said many times, we compartmentalize our lives. Oh, this is my spiritual life. Uh, that's Sunday, and, uh, and if I pray at this event, that's my spiritual life, and then my work life is 40 to 60 hours a week at the job. Uh, no, your, your, your life is a spiritual life. It includes worship. It includes working. It includes recreation. It's, it's all under the umbrella of your spiritual life. And so... When you get up in the morning, a godly father says, God, I want to do your will today. I want to walk with you today. Now, he uses the word Zion, and he uses the word Jerusalem. That means when you walk in God's purpose for your life, you become you become a national blessing. Let me say it this way. Uh, because it's, it's hard to think national. How can I be a blessing in New Mexico? I mean, I've never been there. Uh, this is how. By impacting where you are. Every one of us has a where we are. You're cul-de-sac, your neighborhood, your workplace. And when you walk with the Lord, it's not just you. It affects your community. Used to fight and the police would have to come or used to fight and the neighbors were wondering what was going on next door. Your kids run crazy and and you do things that you shouldn't do in public or in private. And 
suddenly, guess what? Your neighbors start to see that you fear the Lord, you respect the Lord, you know the Lord, and that you're walking with Him. It's, it's evident. It's evident that something's different about you. You've got, you've got a peace that you didn't used to have. You've got a, a hope that you didn't used to have. You've got a joy that only God can give you. People start noticing that, and you become a blessing. And then he says, if you fear the Lord, this is the last one, there's a personal blessing. He says, you will see your children's children. I don't know how long I've got on this earth, but I sure I'm glad I've seen them at least four. More's coming. One day, maybe. I'm not prophesying or anything or predicting, but I'm glad that I was that I've been able to see them. One final thought. Everybody needs two fathers. An earthly father and a heavenly father. Everybody. I, and look, I meant to say this earlier. For I'm talking to some people who did not have a, uh, who, did, who never knew their earthly father or it was not good. Everybody deserves a good father. And for us to be good fathers, but everybody needs a heavenly father. An earthly father that cares for your needs, but a heavenly father that cares for your soul and cares for eternity. Some have not made that decision. It's the wisest and greatest decision you could ever make as a man, woman, boy, or girl, student. And that's to follow Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you have never took those steps, entered into that relationship with Jesus Christ, said yes to Jesus Christ, I want to give you that opportunity just to make that declaration from your heart. Say something like this, God, today I put my trust in you. Today, I, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for my sins on the cross and he rose from the grave. Now I repent, I turn from my sins and I turn to you, Jesus. Today, Father's Day 2017, I put my trust in you. I'm nailing it down today. I'm sealing the deal. God, today I'm following you. I put my trust in you. And I follow you as Savior and Lord. For some, your prayer today is as a part of the community of followers of Christ, as a Christ follower, your prayer today would be, God, today, help me to lead my family. Help me to set the right example for my family. Help me to become that godly person that you want me to be. I'm going to ask that everyone please stand. I just want to pray for you this Father's Day.
these final couple of three minutes of worship, God has a word for you. Father, I pray for every person who, who is listening, and I pray, God, that you would take these final moments and bless us, but God, help us to worship you in this song. Help us to keep our attention and our focus on you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for meeting us here today and for the word that you've given us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.